Hey everyone, my name is Antonia Mandulia and you're listening to That Hockey Chick. Welcome back to another episode of That Hockey Chick. It's officially playoff time. We can all officially get excited. Although for the Leafs, it doesn't start for another few days. We're going to have to wait very anxiously until Thursday's Game 1 start. But playoffs have started already for a few teams. A few series have started. So before we get into that, I want to do a bit of a regular season wrap-up. A couple pieces of news from a couple different teams that came out as the regular season was coming to a close. First was Jack Eichel. I'm sure all of you have heard. If not, basically he said in an interview that he was upset about the way that things were handled with his injury or since his injury. And there's been a disconnect between him and the Sabres organization. Obviously, he didn't outright say that he wanted a trade because that wouldn't have been good for his trade trade value and, and other teams looking at him as someone that does things like that. So obviously, he didn't say that he wanted a trade, but he made it, to me, he made it pretty clear that he is looking for a trade and would prefer to leave the organization rather than stay there. We'll be keeping you updated on him as things unfold. Patrick Laine, another another piece of news. He's been in the news a lot ever since everything with Columbus and, and Winnipeg broke out. So he spoke to Finnish media about possibly attending the Worlds and he said that he wasn't going and that he wasn't going because he needs the summer off from hockey and that he's happy or he's relieved that the season is finally done so he can step away from hockey for a bit and he basically said that the last season for him was an absolute horrible experience all around and he's happy it's over. Honestly, I don't blame him because coming from Winnipeg, I mean, he got what he wanted. He got out of out of Winnipeg and now, you know, being with Columbus, he was, ex- I would assume he was excited for that start and the way that it ended up with torts and everything and how Line ended up playing on the fourth line. He ended up being benched. He, it, like... Looking at a guy like Line, I don't care what he does, anything stupid or whatever. You can bench him for a game or for for a period or whatever it is, but you don't put a guy like Line on the fourth line. You don't bench him for multiple games in a season. Like you you don't treat him the way that he was treated. He's he is a superstar and it this season was a complete wash for him and I do feel for him because it really sucks to be to be treated like imagine Matthews I'm not trying to say that Matthews and Lanny are the same but you look at Matthews you imagine a team treating Matthews like that I couldn't even imagine that I, the coach at that point is just stupid and I've supported Torts before saying that I like his coaching style and I still do like I said last week or a couple weeks ago he just blew it out of proportion so not a fan of Torts by the end of this season moving on New York Rangers they've been in the news a lot recently with everything that happened with the Tom Wilson um, incident and all of that they basically fired everyone all their coaches are gone this team is blowing up and there are it's looking like they're gonna try and start from from scratch they I guess not happy with the way things turned out this season. Don't blame them. Obviously, they missed the playoffs, but that's where they stand there. And Seattle Kraken, they signed their first player, Luke Henman, to a three-year entry-level deal. All right, so let's go on to the playoff update. Colorado Avalanche clinched the pre- clinched the President's Trophy. Obviously, an amazing season for them. Like I said at the beginning, the playoff schedule is pretty weird this season. I mean, we all know why they had to, you know, fit in the last couple games for Vancouver and whatever. It, it's it's just weird because you have uh, Boston and Washington that started on Saturday and then 
Pittsburgh and New York and a couple other games starting, and I think Vegas, um, a couple other series starting on Sunday, yesterday. The Leafs don't start until Thursday. Vancouver's still trying to finish their regular season, so it's it's really weird, but I'm, at the end of the day, I'm glad that they were able to pull it all together. So I'm going to be giving my predictions and my series previews now, and then later on when we take a break from Tone, I'll let you guys hear from a couple other people to see what they think each series is going to look like and also answer a few other glaring questions related to the Leafs and their upcoming series. So let's get started. We're going to start with the East Division. Bruins versus Caps. Like I said, they started Saturday. My pick is Washington. And that's not just because I hate the Bruins. I mean, part of it has to do with the fact that I hate Boston, but part of it has to do with a lot of other things. So Caps are now leading 1-0 after their 3-2 win on Saturday in overtime. Want to recap that game first and then we'll go into the series preview. So that game, biggest story that came out of it was Craig Anderson who came in the game after Vanacek went down injured. After what looked like, it looked like he pulled a muscle uh, trying to save the... Um, a shot that ended up being a goal for Boston. Vanacek, it sucks because Vanacek was making his playoff debut. He led the rookies and wins this season. Posted an overall good season, of course. I mean, you look where Washington finished. It was looking good for him. Uh, he hasn't been ruled out. I haven't heard anything that he's been ruled out or, or how long this possible injury may have him out for. Not sure. So we'll have to wait to see if he gets back in or if they stick with Anderson, who's played his he played his first playoff game since 2017 on Saturday. He only played four games this season. He was part of the taxi squad for most of it. I think out of those four games, he started two. The other two, he came in as uh, for relief. So it's risky for sure leaving him in, but he did play well. He looked good. And they may also not have a choice. Uh, like I said, depending on what happens with Vanacek and also Samsonov, he remains out due to COVID-19 reasons. They said they're unsure. They haven't revealed when he's going to be back or if he's going to be back. So it looks like right now, Caps don't really have a choice. They're going to have to go with Anderson. So let's move on for the series preview. The season record for these two teams was even throughout the the season. These two teams, they, they do seem pretty even to me. As I'll say for the next series too, the main thing that matters is depth. And that's for a lot of these series. I think one of the biggest stories of this season was depth. And, you know, you look at a few teams and it's the depth that really pushed a few of these teams forward. So in this specific series, I definitely think it's depth that's going to make the difference. You look at Boston, in my opinion, they pretty much have one solid scoring line. And I see that Washington has a lot more of a spread in terms of scoring. Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron for Boston. They may be one of the most powerful trios in this in the league. Of course, that's debatable. But that's about as far as it goes for them. You know, just getting they got Hall you know, that proved to help them a lot after the trade deadline. He's been doing very well for them, very well with them. But again, one player can't do everything. You can't rely on Hall to be the difference maker. Maybe he'll be the difference in one or two games, but he's not. he can't be the difference in an entire series. You can't rely on one extra guy to add so much more scoring. You know, the Caps, on the other hand, they're the exact opposite, and they have a lot more depth all the way through. They can count on you know, maybe three, three, I would say three of their lines could be potentially four of their lines, all their lines. They can rely 
on them for scoring. No, it's not just their top line. So you look at Boston, you know, they can rely heavily on their top line, but the spread just isn't there. So the, it will be a task for them to make up the four line scoring that the Caps have and make it up. It's going to be a challenge for Boston to make that up with just one line and, you know, one extra guy in Hall. The only thing that I would say heavily favors the Bruins is goaltending because of what's happening with Washington's goalies and the whole uncertainty that lies there. However, I do always say, I have said before, that your goalie can save all the shots in the world. Rask can save all the shots in the world, but if you can't score, you literally can't win. If you can't get one goal on the board, doesn't matter how many goals or how many shots your goalie saves, you can't walk away with a win. At the end of the day, it does come to scoring. So that's where I'll leave that series. Moving on, Islanders versus Penguins. My pick here is Pittsburgh. Series did favor them 6-2, to two, but again, the reason I am choosing them is because of their depth. Defensively, I do think the Islanders might have an edge, but at the end of the day, it's the scoring, like I said, that's going to win you games, and Pittsburgh just seems a lot more deep. They're a much more structured team with their lines and their play. I think they have a better chance in that sense. Goaltending will be interesting to see here because Pittsburgh does not have playoff experience goaltenders, so the goalie battle will be cool to see because, you know, like I said, they can... They can steal and save games, so it'll be interesting to see if their goalies can step up in a game or two. Okay, so moving on to the Central Division, we have the first series, Hurricanes and Predators. My pick is Carolina. Series favors them 6-2. to two. Carolina still has something to prove. I know the last few seasons, a lot of people, like when it all started with like what Don Cherry said about them and like all that stuff, I still think that they have something to prove. They've been doing well for themselves, and I think now that they're just, they're waiting to get to, you know, the cup of course I think they're still underestimated you know it's similar to the Leafs like how I still think the Leafs are underestimated even though they're they they claim the top of the North Division same with the Hurricanes they claim the top of their division I still think that they relate to each other in the sense that they're both still underestimated it's going to be an uphill battle for Nashville Carolina's been unbelievable this season I can see them carrying their performance in like, a lot of people say that the playoffs are a different beast, and I totally agree with that. But the way that Carolina is built, I can see them being able to bring their performance in the regular season and carry that into the offseason. The X factor here will just be the difference in talent on each team. Not necessarily, like, scoring or whatever. I just think it's the talent that's going to be the difference. Carolina has a, a very, very strong amount of talent in their core players, and they have a much deeper pool of talent than Nashville does. And like I said before, they kind of Carolina kind of reminds me of the Leafs in the sense that they too have something to prove, but also in terms of their strength and their team makeup, where their first two lines, for this is just one example, their first two lines are pretty much interchangeable. Their first two lines have an incredible, like undeniable amount of skill and talent. And the center of uh, Carolina's team is pretty young, as is ours, the Leafs, and they they just play a skilled game, you know, not necessarily tough or gritty, although when provoked, they can be both tough and gritty. But other than that, their their style of play and their, their gameplay and their structure is centered heavily on skill, and I think that's what's going to give them the edge. So moving on to Florida and Tampa, my pick's Tampa here. The series favored Florida 5-3. to three. Tampa just... 
in the playoffs is just different. And, you know, I think that is what's going to give them the boost. I mean, not to mention, I think the the biggest factor here is Kucherov and Stamkos returning. Now, regardless of whether how the Lightning are, are working the cap is fair or not, I saw something that said, you know, the cap this season is, is 81 mil or whatever, and going into the playoffs, Tampa Bay is going to be sitting at, with their roster, they're going to be sitting at 100 mil. Now, whether you say that that's fair or not, I I think they're skirting the system, but whatever. Those two guys returning, we all know what they're capable of. They're the heart of the team. They are going to be ginormous in their return. If Tampa can go a whole season without Kucherov and a large chunk of the season without Stamkos and still place third seed, still have an amazing season, this team, it's safe to say that this team is a lot more than just those two guys. So adding them, it's just gonna it's just gonna bolster the team and bolster the roster even more. It's not gonna do them any harm whatsoever. Now that's not to underscore the power on Florida, like with Bennett, for example, being acquired, Barkov is having a great season. Defensively, Tampa looks stronger too, also considering Florida lost Ekblad, but also just because of the strength on Tampa's blue line. It's going to be an interesting series. I think it's going to go the full seven games, but I definitely think Tampa has the edge and it's because of those two guys returning for I say it's going to go the seven games because Florida also has proven themselves this past season of course they've done absolutely amazing and they do have star power like I said and they got a lot of help at the deadline with Bennett so it's going to be interesting I I think it's going to go the full the full seven games so it'll it'll be cool to see that back and forth we're going to leave the north division till last of course so let's move to the west first we've got Colorado and St. Louis I'm going with Colorado. The series favors them 5-3 to three in the regular season, Colorado. They are without McKinnon right now and a few other pieces, which may be their biggest hurdle. Uh, injuries have not been good to them this season. And, you know, in saying that, look at where they placed. They got the President's Trophy. They placed first. So, again, similar to like what I said about Tampa, they were able to have an unbelievable season with a lot of uncertainty due to injuries and everything and, you know, look where they ended up. So I definitely think that that favors Colorado for sure. St. Louis isn't what they were a couple years back. Bennington isn't what he was a couple years back. I just don't think the team is the same. I I don't think they're able to have the same push that they did a few years ago. And you look at where they were a few years ago too when they were like way at the bottom of the standings and worked their 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 way back up and went on that amazing run that motivation and that urge isn't there so I think you know when they went on that run that's what helped them finish the run now there's that's just not there anymore they don't have that underlying thing that's pushing them and pushing them and pushing them so I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up like like they did. Playoffs are different. Again, you know, Blue, they have a good recent playoff record, like I said, winning winning the cup a couple years back. So it could ignite something different in them for sure. It could definitely, something could definitely spark there. I just don't think they have enough fuel in the tank. I don't think they have enough drive this season compared to Colorado. All right, uh, last one in the West, Vegas and Wild. I'm picking Vegas. The series, uh, season series favors Minnesota 5-3. to three. Ever since they started, though, Vegas, they've just been a powerhouse. And they've just, they've been amazing, making it deep into the playoffs and everything. 
Minnesota also has something to prove, I would think, uh, trying to make a bigger name for themselves. It's going to be a tight series, again, possibly going um, all the way to seven games, if not just just under. I think Vegas has the edge with goaltending. Everything else to me in terms of scoring and defending seems pretty even. Uh, goaltending, I'm, I'm thinking, is going to be the difference here. Um, but overall, I just think Vegas is more of a powerhouse than Minnesota. All right, last division, North Division... I'm obviously going to leave Leafs Canadians last. So let's look at Oilers Jets. I'm picking Edmonton. They, uh, the series, season series favors Edmonton 7-2. I just think the Oilers are going to just simply overpower the Jets. I just think they're going to, that's it. I just think they're going to overpower them. Their, their speed, their intensity, their drive, their scoring. I just think it's going to overpower them. The only question, the only thing I would question is the depth. I definitely think that Winnipeg has a lot more depth than Edmonton does. I mean, I forget what the percentage of what the percentage was or what the stat was, but like Boston, the Oilers have one line that scores. And the stat was something in regards to McDavid and Drysidle that when those two those two combined make up for I'm pretty sure it was over 50% of Leaf scoring. I can't remember what the exact percentage was, but it was really, really high. So it's safe to say that they have one line scoring as well, like Boston does, which could put them in trouble. You know, Winnipeg basically just has to work on shutting down McDavid, which we know can be done because Leafs have done it before. So that's what their task is going to be. All season, the one line scoring hasn't really put Edmonton in trouble that much considering what McDavid was able to do putting up over 100 points so I mean it hasn't put them in trouble before it could put them in trouble now if I don't think McDavid or Drysaddle are exactly tired but it, it could bring them trouble now in terms of Winnipeg the reason why I initially didn't want them to play uh, the Leafs in the first round why I wanted them to play uh, why I wanted the Leafs to play Montreal instead was because of the underlying star power that Winnipeg has and like I said when provoked they can generate a lot of scoring they they have a lot of scoring that they can generate and you look compare it to the other matchup for the Leafs and Montreal they don't have a lot of depth or a lot of star power or a lot of underlying you know underlying guys or, or star power that, that can score and such Winnipeg has that they have a lot of, of secret weapons if you want to call it so if those secret weapons that the Jets have are able to pull through and if they're able to take advantage of the fact that Winnipeg has a lot more depth than second, third, fourth line scoring than Edmonton does, if they can take advantage of that, then we'll have an interesting series. If not, then if they and if they can't shut down McDavid, then it's going to be the Oilers, which is what I think. All right, last series preview, Leafs versus Canadians. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys all have guessed that I'm picking the Leafs. Season series favored the Leafs 7-2. I'm going to be a bit biased here. I will try my best to not be a bit biased, but I, I'm forewarning you that I most likely will be. Now, in terms of forwards, we are getting back a lot. We're getting back Hyman. Uh, Felino has uh, returned. He played in the last game or last couple games. Nash appears to be ready to play as well. I just saw uh, right before I started recording this that Keith had said that Nash is... He didn't explicitly say it, but he hinted that Nash is playing game one. I definitely think it's better to get Nash in the first game as opposed to like the 
fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh game if any of those happen. So it's it's good. It's going to be interesting to see that. And Keith was saying, you know, they're they're relying on the like it sucks obviously that this that he couldn't come back until now, but he would Keith was saying that they're going to rely on the fact that he's an experienced guy, that he's a tough guy. They know how he plays. They know where he would fit, or they can guess um, rather accurately where he would fit because they know, you know, they've seen him play elsewhere before and whatever. So, he, it looks like he's going to be back. Now, like I mentioned with Carolina, our top two lines, maybe even top three, they're pretty interchangeable. Um, any guy you put with Matthews Marner or Tavares Nylander will do just fine, as we've seen. As I've said before, it doesn't really matter. Of course, prefer to have Hyman on the top, but doesn't matter if you put Hyman or Felino there. It doesn't matter on the second line who you put, although Galchenyuk is favored, but it doesn't look like he's going to be there. But anyway, regardless, those those lines are pretty much interchangeable. Not a lot of teams can say that, which is a huge advantage. Our depth is also unreal. I've talked about that so much this season. That's definitely been the story of the season. Whatever way you look at it, we're going to be forced to sit some incredibly, incredibly valuable guys. Something not a lot of teams get to complain about. In- the incredible flexibility. You know, we've been you know, fighting back and forth over who should be in the lineup, who shouldn't be in the lineup. At the end of the day, we're going to have a valuable guy sitting on the outside. Not to say that they're never going to see a playoff game this uh, this season because we know that you know changes happen throughout a series depending on you know do we need scoring, do we need toughness, do we need uh, defensive forward, blah, 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 whatever. So, you know, Right now, we're looking and it's looking like Galchenyuk is going to be sitting out and everyone's questioning that because he's been amazing with Tavares and Nylander. And that's a good thing that we're questioning these things because we have all this talent and, you know, it's it's just really good. It's good to have. You know, we also look at guys like Mikhaev or Engvall. Engvall's been stepping it up so much lately you look at guys like Mikhaev he's been amazing on the penalty kill for us so it's interesting and Brooks too a lot of people are uh, now assuming that Brooks isn't going to be in but that's not to say that he won't eventually see some uh, some playoff games maybe in in a later series or in a later game this series so regardless it's a really good problem to have and it's weird to say but we're fortunate to have this problem so now looking at Montreal and their forwards they're, they have returning members as well with Gallagher and Denote. I don't remotely think that Montreal's top line even comes close to ours. Like, I don't even think it's a close contest. We get scoring from everywhere. Habs don't. Our fourth line has been, av- they've been avid goal scorers. You look at Spezza, he has been so consistent. Possibly one of the most consistent players this season. You look at Thornton, who has stepped in, who has stepped into his new role relatively well recently. He's been doing contributing a lot more than we thought he was when he was moved off that first line. And you also look at whoever's going to be that third guy on that fourth line. Simmons has been doing well lately too. Brooks has been doing well. Whoever's on that fourth line, it's not going to hurt it at all. Same with first and second. Avid goal scoring. The third is the only one I would say hasn't really been consistent in terms of scoring and producing. But at the end of the day, goal scoring depth is not something to compare between the two teams. It's it's just not there. And I was talking about comparing Winnipeg and Montreal. That's why I favored them playing Montreal. That's one of the main reasons I favored them playing Montreal over Winnipeg because Montreal doesn't have the depth like Winnipeg does and definitely does not have the depth like we do. Habs also got Eric Stahl. 
thought he was going to do great things, as did a lot of people, and I did too. He only has three points in 21 games. One of those points came from his first game. He scored the overtime winner, and that's when everyone was like, oh my god, he's going to be great. So, only got three points in 21 games. All right, now defensively, I would like to say again that the Leafs had the advantage. Uh, there's a couple risky things. Uh, Bogosian, we know, is not uh, not going to be back for a while. Riley's been sputtering a bit lately too, and with putting Sandin in there when we haven't seen him play much, he doesn't have a lot of experience. But the confidence in this D group is very much there. And to rebut everything that I just said, you look at Sandin, yeah, we haven't seen him play much, but he's done amazing when we have seen him. He has been very, very reliable. Derma and Sandin, or Derma and, and Hudden, whichever one of those guys you want to talk about, those three combined have stepped up massively since Bogosian's departure, and they've they've been a, a solid, any of those three guys paired together have been a solid pairing, and they've stepped up a lot since Bogosian left. And Riley has the support of Brody. Riley hasn't been doing well, but he does have the support of Brody. Brody has bailed him out before, and I hope he can keep it up, and Brody's just been absolutely amazing for us. RD, though, overall, has improved significantly since last year and since just the beginning of this season the improvements that I've seen you know stats wise but also just in watching the games the improvements are very very obvious and you look at Montreal's uh defense like Weber um I think he might be coming back I don't know if that's been confirmed and I don't know like their their defense just doesn't seem as strong as ours is now in terms of goaltending Campbell is Campbell he's just been amazing Anderson now with him it sucks that we haven't gotten to see much of him but I still do think that we're going to be able to rely on him if need be having Campbell and Anderson as the two goalies walking into the playoffs very very confident that both of them will be able to perform when called on for Montreal they may be getting price back again I don't think that's been confirmed but even then he has not been the carry price that the Habs would need him to be that Price has been able to be in the past. I don't think that that's what he's going to come back as. Now, I don't know for sure. I can't say 100%, of course. But based on how he's been playing recently, I don't think that he's going to be able to... I mean, maybe he'll be able to save them one or two games. But in the end of the day, I don't think he's going to be able to to save them uh, a series. I don't think that that's possible, especially with, with the guys he has in front of him. I mean, it's the same thing with, that the Leafs went through when they had Anderson or when they had Bernier or when they had Reimer. The team in front of them just wasn't strong. Now, of course, we see that it's different. So the team in front definitely does matter. Again, Price may be able to steal a couple games, but at the end of the day, it can't. he can't make up a whole series. Of course, obvious statement here, the Leafs will have to either work on their power play or hope that they never get a power play and that the Habs can stay out of the box because one of those two things is going to have to happen. Either they somehow miraculously bring back the power play from the beginning of the season or just pray that the Habs never get any penalties. All right, so those are my series previews. I hope that they made sense and I hope that you, I guess, related to some of the picks that I made in terms of who's gonna make it out of each series of course when the when all these series finish we'll predict for round two and then semis and all the way up there all right so coming up next we're gonna go over some uh, leaps news from this past week stay tuned 
All right, so this past week was pretty slow. We only had the two games. I'm not even going to bother recapping the games because they literally meant nothing. Uh, the game against Ottawa, I mean, none of the games obviously went the way that we thought they were going to go. We lost both, but I don't think that they were trying. I think the main goal was to get out of those two games healthy so they didn't want to risk anything or push anything, which is totally understandable. So we dropped the last two games, but... One story I wanted to talk about was Freddie Anderson, first uh, NHL game since his injury. All things considered, coming back from a knee injury, everything that he went through, being off for so long, he did good. He had a bit of trouble with a few things like tracking the puck, for example, that I noticed. A couple of the goals he let in, he like initially saved and then just lost the puck and it went in. So definitely puck tracking was not... One of his strengths, but of course that'll come back over time. Specifically in regards to that, I'm thinking of the goal where Freddie made the save and then it squeaked through his pads and he kind of did like a 360 to try and find the puck and then he ended up losing it and then Matthews went to try and step in to help him out, but it backfired. Anyway, that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about him losing track of the puck. Now, it was his first game back in a while. Obviously, I'm not trying to make excuses. There were definitely a few of uh, saves that he should have made, a few goals that he shouldn't have let in that were his fault, that were in his control. But like I said last week, it was unrealistic for us to think he was going to post a huge shutout or an incredible performance. If he did, that would have been great. But it wasn't really realistic for us to think that. He was also getting back, uh, like, it was kind of the mood where he was getting back in his first game, shaking the rust off getting a feel for NHL play again, you know, kind of just stepping in, knowing that it wasn't a game where he had to be the shutdown Freddy that we all know and love. It was more so just getting him in there, getting real NHL practice, real NHL game. So it was kind of like that mood. I also feel like for some reason the Leafs can never play for Freddy how they do for Campbell. I don't know. I don't really know why. A reason could be because they feel stronger when Freddie is there, given, you know, he's built them out so many times. They feel like they can rely on him more so they don't have to play as strong in front of him. And with Campbell, they may feel they have to protect him a bit more because they view him as the backup. They view him as the guy that kind of stepped in and, and was pressured to step in when Freddie left. So they feel like they have to protect him or play stronger in front of him a bit more. I don't know if that's kind of the mentality that's going on there. But regardless, it, it kind of sucks. I know it was a nothing game, like I said, and the intensity was way down. They could have done a bit more. I wasn't I wasn't looking for, for the win. I didn't really care if they won or not. I was just looking, you know, they kind of looked, they made Freddie look bad in a lot of, in a lot of time, a lot of cases. There were a lot of times that they could have done a bit more. Definitely top priority though was making sure everyone came out of that game healthy and again, this game might not have been important for the Leafs as a whole, but it was important for Freddie individually in terms of getting some confidence moving forward. He did get, you know, first, second, third period. He also got overtime. He got a lot in terms of, you know, he can walk away from the game saying, you know, at least I got a lot of practice. I got to see a bit of everything, which is good. But in terms of confidence moving forward, a win definitely would have helped that. Overall, though, aside from everything I just said, it was good for him to be able to get into at least one game. I definitely wish he had more time before playoffs to get into more of a groove, but we do know that Freddie is almost guaranteed at least one game in round one because there's a back-to-back that looks like um, 
it's going to be appearing between games three and four. So he definitely will get a game in, um, which is good again for him, especially if the Leafs make it past the first round. They may have to rely on him a couple times uh, more in the future. So that will be good to see. Felino also played again this week after his brief injury. Nash and Hyman, who are back in regular sweaters, no more red jerseys. Like I said, Keith basically confirmed Nash is playing in game one. There were a lot of cap-related adjustments. Uh, Dennis Malgin was added to the taxi squad. Hollowell was brought to the taxi squad. Hutchinson, Liljegren, and Noisen were sent back to the Marlies. And Sandin uh, was taken off the taxi squad and put back on the uh, active roster all cat moves again lines at practice have also been fairly different from the lines being used in the last couple games uh hyman was back with matthews and marner felino was on the second makayev nash and kerfoot were made up the third and then thornton spezza and simmons made up the fourth which means galchenyuk and engval were the extras and riley brody mesenhall hudden dermott uh, Sandin and Hallwell were the extras. Again, like, I, don't, I wouldn't read too much into things like Sandin being an extra because that could, again, just be whatever practice reasons, cap reasons, whatever it is. The two surprising things for me was Galchenyuk being the odd man out instead of Makayev. I touched upon that briefly before. I definitely thought Galchenyuk was going to start on the second and Felino on the third, but it's looking like Makayev is going to gonna be the extra, that Makayev and Nash are going to be the two extra guys, um and the, taking their spot in the lineup so that was surprising to me but again that's not to say that Galchenyuk doesn't draw in um a game or two if one of the lines shuts down or whatnot and then the other thing was no Brooks I think we should have saw it coming that Brooks maybe wasn't going to get a permanent spot because of his I mean you compare him to Nash it's almost obvious that Nash was going to get the nod because he's got a lot more experience Brooks is still very very young Again, not to say he doesn't get a nod for, for a game or two. Not going to analyze the lines. Not going to go down that rabbit hole again because I've done that way too many times. I trust Keith. He clearly knows what he's doing after the season's performance. Campbell also was nominated for the Bill Masterton Trophy. It's given to the player who displays perseverance, sportsmanship, dedication to the sport. Perfect choice for the Leafs to nominate. All right, so we are going to move on, and coming up next, we're going to be taking a break from Tone once again. I have two returning guests that are going to provide their playoff predictions, so we'll see what they have to say coming up next. Stay tuned. All right, it is now time to take a break from Tone. I have two returning guests with me, Emilio and Vince. So you guys all heard my series predictions when I did the series previews earlier in the episode. Now I want you guys to hear from a couple of other people. All right, so let's start with the East Division, Pittsburgh versus Islanders. Who do you have? Uh, Emilio, we'll start with you. Pittsburgh. Why? <laughs> Crosby. All right, that's a <laughs> that's a fair statement, uh, Vince. I'd say Pittsburgh as well. Um, Uncle Leo's not enough to get the Islanders through, <laughs> but Pittsburgh's got the X factor. Crosby, he's done it before. He's carried the team on his shoulders, and I think he can do it again. All right, that's what I said too. Uh, Washington and Bruins. Let's put bias aside. I still say Washington. I think this one is going to go seven games. The teams are really close, I think. And it's going to come down to goaltending. I think Washington will squeak past just barely. 
Uh, I said Washington too. So with the goalies uh, in the last last night or Saturday's game, their goalie so Samsonov is was their number one. I think he's out because of COVID. Uh, not sure when they said he, they're not sure when he's returning. Their other goalie, uh, Vanacek, he got hurt in yesterday's game. They haven't had an update yet, so they have their third goalie in there. Um, so that might be an issue. But yeah, Rask I also. I might change my mind then. Rask also hasn't been doing well either. I mean, the I looked at the goals that he led in uh, yesterday or Saturday, and they they were savable. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's gonna come down to goaltending too. But I think scoring wise, uh, Washington has more depth. All right, so let's move to the West now. Vegas and Minnesota. Vegas. Any reason? They're the better team. They have more depth. Okay, you. I think there's always an upset uh, gonna happen. So I think. It's Minnesota gonna upset Vegas. I think they're they're closely matched. They're they're not that far apart in the standings. I, I think there'll be an upset in this one with Minnesota coming through. All right. Uh, what about Colorado and St. Louis? Colorado. Yep. First line: McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog. Yeah, they're just no stopping it. And they have the defense. They have Cadre, Cadre. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Colorado's gonna have the president's trophy jinx which will get to them but i think they'll get through the first round they should easily be able to easily handle st louis yeah i i just don't think st louis has the same uh power or drive that they had two years ago and same with bennington he hasn't been the same either um all right so central division carolina and nashville carolina and any reason or just because they just know how to play right Mm-hmm. They're not the best team skill-wise, but somehow they keep beating these good teams. And they finished first in the division with Tampa. Yep. So it's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah, Yeah, I think Carolina is well, well, well coached, well organized. They play a disciplined style uh, of, of hockey, and I think they should be able to get by Nashville. Yeah, I think so too. Also, I was actually saying before that uh, the style of play, like Carolina reminds me of the Leafs kind of, like how they rely on they rely on skill a lot more than like toughness and that kind. So I kind of, so yeah, I was uh, talking about how they kind of relate to the Leafs in that sense uh, before. Um, Florida and Tampa. Tampa. They, I think they're just the better team. Kucherov and... Stamkos miraculously recovered from their injury in time <laughs> and they know what it takes to move on so I think it's going to be Tampa yep. yeah I agree Tampa's got the experience they, they won the Stanley Cup last year they know what it takes to win and yeah they got two of their best players coming back for the playoffs um, the only thing that might happen does that disturb the chemistry maybe but I think they'll, they, they should be able to beat uh, beat them yeah same all right so now with the north um oilers and jets oilers the winnipeg just they can't control second best player in the league mm-hmm. on a mcdavid no yeah i'd say winnipeg uh sorry uh edmonton as well um winnipeg hasn't been playing well as of late so they're going in um not playing their best hockey of the of the year Edmonton's had the season series with them as well, kind of dominated them through the through the season. So, I think Edmonton will will come on top. 
Do any of you think that because Edmonton has basically one line scoring um, that that's going to affect them at all, or do you think they'll be fine? In this round, I don't think it'll affect them. In future rounds, I think it will. Um, in this round, I think they have enough to get by Winnipeg. I agree. Um, all right, and then finally, Leafs and Habs. No question. <laughs> Leafs. Um, Austin Matthews. They're the better team. Montreal's a good team, but I feel like goaltending for them is a big question. I mean, for the Leafs too, but Campbell keeps yeah. playing how he is, and I think the Leafs should be good there. And Montreal just has some young defenders, mm-hmm. so I think it's going to be the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the Leafs as well. Um, the, on paper, they are the better team. Montreal's a young team, doesn't have the experience the Leafs have. Not that the Leafs have great experience, but they've been to the playoffs a few times. Well, they have uh, a lot of new guys on there that have been, like Thornton and uh, Nash and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But overall, from a team, they haven't had success, but yeah. they've been to the playoffs a few times, whereas Montreal, a lot of young players. They had a good run last year in the playoffs, uh, but they got some new players in. I don't think they've been playing consistently all year Montreal but it they are dangerous Leafs sometimes don't play Montreal very well um, but I still think the Leafs should take this series yeah I agree so there's a few extra questions I wanted to ask one is there a team like in any division that you think will be a big surprise or a big upset uh, in any of the series like any any surprising team I think Minnesota is going to surprise a lot of people. I think, uh, I mean, they, they finished the season pretty pretty good. They've got some, they had some good points. I think what were they, second or the third in their division, but kind of not far off of second place. But I, I think they they are, there's a big possibility they can come out of that division, I think. At least they'll win the first round, and uh, I think they'll give Colorado a, a run for their money in the second round. I don't think so. I mean, if you call Tampa beating Carolina an upset. No, not really. <laughs> there's one in mind. I just don't want to say it. Just say it. Montreal. Montreal. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. How do you think not having fans in the building will impact the Leafs, like good or bad? Because we know that when they're doing good, the building is like on fire. But we also know that when they lose, the building is not a building that you want to be in. It's pretty bad we know how passionate the Leafs fans are so do you think it, it's going to favor them in the end or it's it's not going to um I'd say there's good and bad to both for example the game seven against Boston the first one in 2013 if the fans weren't there I don't think Boston would have the momentum after scoring that first goal to score the other ones that they needed but then so it's good there so that the other team doesn't get momentum. But fans are good for giving momentum for the yeah. Leafs. Yeah. So I'd say there's the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. I think it comes down to the sounds that they pipe into the arena, the fake, the <laughs> fake crowd. Maybe they can get the, the fake crowd behind them and, and they won't boo them if they're not playing well. But um, all joking aside, I don't think it would actually make a difference these are professional hockey players they should know and should know when they have to you know 
put it into a higher gear, um, when to play better. Um, if they don't, then they shouldn't be where they are. So the fans, in my mind, shouldn't make a difference. There's, I mean, all, all year, there's really no uh, home ice advantage. Um, yeah, you get the fake crowd noise, but, um, you know, who knows, maybe at uh, uh, Scotiabank Centre, they'll, they'll change what they've been doing all year and they'll pipe more sound into the, to the crowd. And, but I, I don't think it'll make a difference either way. Yeah, that's a fair statement. So kind of building off of that, a lot of people are hyping up the Leafs Hab series because it's the first time they played them since, I think, 79. Uh, and they're saying that it's going to be like a bloodbath and that it's going to be like super intense and all that. Do you think that it's like similar to how the North Division was hyped up? Do you think it's they're, the series is being hyped up too much? No, I think it's going to be a back and forth series. Every game is going to be one goal. I think one or two goals. I, I think it's blown out of proportion. I think the like these these players, these teams have played each other ten times this year. They know each other. There's no surprise there. I think it's it's the fans and the media kind of building the hype around a Toronto Montreal series. None of these players were around when Toronto and Montreal played last. They I don't think any of them maybe Thornton was born, but I don't think anybody <laughs> anybody else was probably born and I don't know that these players, you know, yeah, is there a rivalry? Yes. I don't think they have any sense of what that rivalry was between the teams in the 70s and, and 80s. And and, uh, and like I said, they've played each other so many times this year that I don't I don't think the rivalry is actually there anymore as it, as it once was. Yeah, I think I think the same. I think it's I think it's gonna be intense and like it's gonna be cool to see and and there's like you said there's gonna be a lot of back and forth, but I don't think it's gonna be like the bloodbath that everyone's saying it's gonna be. Well, no one on the team on either team really hits, so there's yeah. no bloodbath. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be it'll be close scoring games. There won't be blowouts, two to one, three to two type games. I think is what they're gonna what they're gonna be playing. Yeah. All right, so talking about the Leafs specifically, is there anything you think that is different from the last few years that they've uh, made the playoffs? Uh, anything that's different that's going to ma- allow them to make it past the first round? I think they've got a more balanced attack. They can get scoring from all four lines. Obviously, the top line they're going to rely on heavily, um, but they can get some good st- scoring from their second line and you know if their third and fourth line chip in like they have been all all year um, I think they've got a, a good balance um, offensive attack from a defensive perspective the defense is a hundred times better than it was last year mm-hmm. they've got a really sol- a solid defense you know Brody's been playing really well um, and even the forwards like Matthews coming back like you can tell the forwards have adopted a new defensive style of play that I've never seen them do before. They're coming back, they're, they're back checking, um, and I think that's a huge difference. They're not relying on their goalie like they did in the past. Um, you know, the, the forwards would say, okay, Freddie's back there, just let him let it go and he'll make the save for us. Um, hopefully if Freddie goes back in that, they don't start thinking the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that those are the two things, or three things, I think, that are that are a huge improvement over past seasons. 
Mm. Mm. I feel like they they just have the experience of losing. <laughs> so, and I feel like this is their chance that if they can win at least one round, I feel like they'll get the confidence they need with all the players they have. I feel like they all build on momentum. So if they can win one series, I think they could keep going. And if they do good this playoffs, then yeah. I think... So you mentioned the the players that they have. So do you think like they have a lot more uh, vets? Like Fel- they have Felino, they have Thornton, they have Spezza, they have uh, Nash. Uh, do you think that down the road that's going to make a huge a huge impact? Yeah, because the players, players like that and the players on the bottom of the lineup are the ones that win the series. With all the coaches playing matchups, the first line is going up against first line. Second is going up against second. The third is usually a checking line. So that fourth line is usually the one that can push a series either way. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. The third and fourth line are, I mean, you're not going to rely on them scoring all your goals, but the third and fourth line is what's going to win you a game or two in a series by, you know, chipping in, you know, a late goal here and there when when the top two lines are being checked closely, uh, they can win a game uh, for you. The other the other thing is special specialty teams, so def- uh, power, penalty killing, the Leafs are okay. What still scares me is their lack of a power any sense of a power play. Now, maybe they've been holding back and they don't want to show their cards as to what's coming. I really don't think that's the case. Um, I'm hoping they can figure something out here early in the Montreal series to get their power play going because that too can win you a game here or there. You look at the last time they played against Montreal, they lost 3-2, I think, um, or lost by a goal. Had they get got their power play going, um, and scored a power play goal in, I think they went 0 for 3 or 0 for 4, that wins the game for them. They can't go into the playoffs like that. They need to score on the power play. Yeah, I think Montreal's the best opponent out of the four that made the playoffs to get the power play going against. If it was the Jets or anyone else, I think they would have had a harder time. Okay, so I hope you all enjoyed those predictions and hearing from other people other than myself. Coming up next, I will be going over the player of the week and some more points on what the Leafs have to do to get past round one. So thank you both again for coming, and we hope to have you on again soon. Go Leafs, go! Leafs, go. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that break from Tone. Now, just briefly, we're going to talk about player of the week. I chose Jake Muzzin. He had the best performance out of all Leaf skaters over the last two games of the season with one goal and two assists and a plus three rating. He had he just had the best performance out of everyone, and it's a great way. Uh, I think it's a great person to pick as the last player of the week for the regular season, especially considering the way he performed for the Leafs the entire season. He... He was a great and solid defenseman all season. He has been mentoring Justin Hall very well. He's He's been a, a really good defensive guy to rely on all season. So he's my player of the week for the last week of the regular season. Now, there are no main takeaways this week. I wanted to substitute it for the series previews that I did. I want to instead look once more at what the Leafs have to do to get past round one. 
a few things. Of course, the power play. Something has to be done there. I'm hoping that miraculously in the first game we get a power play and we score and it just sets the tone for the rest of the power plays we get. But that I'm really hoping that that changes because we all know we've seen before if you you can cap if you can capitalize on even one power play in a game it can change the entire mood for the rest of the game it can you know change it can just you know flip the ice and tilt the ice in your favor for the rest of the game you know we're not asking them to capitalize on every power play that's not realistic but what is realistic is that they can at least capitalize on one it can save them games it can steal them games and once they do get it and once they do get it rolling i i definitely think and this is why i believe that they have to do it they have to get this power play going again but it will increase their confidence and increase their drive and their push so so much if they're able to get that going toughness is another thing they have to do we've seen it uh we've seen it briefly a few times this season i'm thinking of the recent jets game not the recent one the one before that that we played where we uh where that whole like spat and stuff came out so we've seen it um it hasn't been consistent the reason i think it hasn't been consistent is because it has we haven't been really contested in that way none of the teams that we've played in the north have really been so tough with us that we've had to you know fight back there have been a lot of times where players haven't stood up for each other um after being hit or after Campbell's been poked or whatever so there's been times like that I just think we haven't been provoked consistently enough for us to be able to build that sense of toughness we know it's there because we've seen it it just hasn't been consistent because we haven't had to be consistently tough um so that's definitely something that they they need to keep in their back pocket in case they need to bring that out chemistry is another thing we know that they have a lot of chemistry for some reason hasn't been doing them any good on the power play but we know that they have a lot of chemistry and that it's been doing wonders for them this season so they just have to keep that going not panic is another huge thing with all the the leaders and the vets and the highly experienced guys that they have on the roster now that have made deep playoff runs it's definitely good to have them because they'll be able to you know reassure them and if we lose a game or whatever happened or get a goal against us or whatever happens those guys are definitely going to be the ones to step up the leaders the vets the playoff experience guys we've got a lot of them um a lot more than we've had in previous seasons so that's definitely good but just not panic again there's a lot of young guys on the team so they just have to get into that mindset where you know they can't they can't panic because when they panic that's when they start to try and be fancy and we know when they try and start to be fancy, the whole team shuts down. So that's definitely something they have to work on. Trust in each other. That kind of goes with the chemistry point I was saying before. Don't put something all on yourself. You know, we've seen Campbell do it before that's really hurt his play. If you lose, if you cause a goal, if you miss a goal that loses a game, whatever it is, don't put it all on you. You got to trust in each other. You have to trust that, you know, if you make a mistake, the team will step up and the team will have your back and they'll get a goal back for you. They'll they'll make a hit for you. They'll do something for you that, you know, the you're playing as a team, you're not playing as an individual. Don't keep the puck to yourself. If you feel like you have to score, if you feel like you have to make up for something, don't start with that mindset because then that's when the puck hogging starts, but that's when the trying to be fancy thing starts. You just got to trust in each other, trust in your goalie that you're everything that everyone's going to work together and just don't put it all on yourself. And lastly, just be simple 
honestly, you don't need to make plays of the week. We know that they are more than capable of doing amazing things. We've seen them do it all season. Just don't purposely try and be fancy because, like I said, that's when the team starts to shut down, like when Marner and Nylander, them two come to mind. Also, Justin Hall comes to mind uh, with, you know, how he pinches so often and ends up getting caught. Just don't don't try to do those things. Don't try to be fancy. Like I said, trust in your team. You know, like for Justin Hall, for example, trust that you don't have to pinch in. You can pass it and your forwards can take care of it for you. Uh, or Nylander when he, you know, circles and circles and circles the, the offensive zone and then dangles at the blue line and ends up losing it. Don't do that. Be simple. Make a pass. You know, get that, get that play going. Just, you don't need to make plays of the week. Just be simple, please. Their simple play is more than enough to get us a win and get us past the first round. So that's what I'm going to end off with there. So upcoming games, of course, round one for the Leafs starts on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Game two is scheduled for Saturday. Uh, Beyond that, I believe it's Saturday at 7. Beyond that, uh, games three and four right now they have scheduled as back-to-backs, but the the times are to be determined. So don't know what those games are going to look like, but Thursday, 7.30, Saturday, 7. Make sure you tune in. I know that I'll be tuning in, of course. So until then, try not to go crazy this week waiting for that first playoff game. Make sure to keep yourself occupied. But that's all for me this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And again, you want to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on my Instagram at thathockeychick or my Twitter at thehockeychick. And until next week, go Leafs go. Once again, my name is Antonia Mendelia and I'm That Hockey Chick. (laughs) 